Hello, I'm Eugene Levy, and yes, I'm an actor. No, I said cappuccino. I'm here to talk to you about something very important. No, it's not about me or my career. I'm here to talk about subliminal messages in rock and roll music, or as it's simply known in some cultures, rock music. You see, for years, the government has been wisely coercing teenagers to buy products they normally wouldn't want just to get their money. Fact, kids don't have bills to pay. Fact, they don't pay taxes. But they do babysit and hold minimum wage jobs that earn them wads of cash as thick as, well, my body of work. But these kids today aren't dumb. They're not going to buy just anything. That's why the government has been finding small subliminal advertising suggestions in today's rock music. The results? We can now get these kids to buy just about anything. We can have them chasing a new trend every week. And that is good for the economy. And what's good for the economy is good for the country. So God bless the United States of America, the most ass-kicking country in the world. that slows down the recordings of critical bombs to see if there's any secret messages hidden in their creases. I'm Courtney Peranto. And I'm Max Rue. And today on the podcast, we're continuing our, our scenic hike through the 2000s with a pair of low-rise flare jean chick flicks starring trios of some of the biggest babes in 2000s Hollywood. That's, yeah, that's... I'm, I felt very comfortable saying all those words. I know, that's why I did it. I, I had a lot of fun. Thank and you. today we're blessed, hashtag blessed, because we get to discuss the 2001 cult classic Josie and the Pussycats alongside the film that invented girl bosses, Charlie's Angels, full throttle. Did Charlie's Angels invent the girl boss? No, I, I think Mary Tyler Moore did. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I actually point. think Mary, Mary yeah, Tyler Moore did. Yeah, I was more yeah. making a hashtag Yas Queen joke, but no, yeah. I think Mary Tyler Moore. A new and then someone's going to write in and be like, boxes. no, it was actually. And joining us to talk about these, 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 these fucking great chick flicks. I don't even think they're chick flicks, but I guess they're technically maybe considered that girl empowerment yeah. yes one of our one of our favorite girl bosses ella talkin thank you for coming on to slay with us <laughs> <laughs> good one ella's a, a very talented illustrator and artist thank you uh, so much i don't think anyone's <laughs> ever called me that before and it was well, amazing welcome to the club i'm it's... empowered and i'm excited to talk about these movies go off Go oh off, my God. please. What I was uh, saying last week is that, like, have you ever done any Josie-themed uh, artwork? Because it feels kind of your lane. Oh, I'm already working on one. Okay. And when Ooh. you release the podcast, it will be perfectly timed. I'm so excited. I'm no, also started designing a t-shirt that says, Du jour means seatbelts. Oh. That's going to be, it's a very niche reference, but like people it. that know, like it. it's my favorite line of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. D- did you want to come on this 
episode because of Josie, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. I saw it this wasn't because you're when a big it first came out. Stan. Yeah, it's a movie that like I know every line of. I'm hugely obsessed with it. I actually brought a little token from my childhood to share with you guys. It is the burned CD for the listeners that can't oh. see. Um, you can see there's a very pixelated image on the front yes. that's in black Dude, and white. Fuck yeah. So this is from 2001. Oh, I remember those jewel cases. Yeah, look at that memory. It's got little ears on it and it has the track list. Oh, and I used man. to play this Holy in my, my little silver boombox all the time. And yes. Joe's and the Pussycats were my favorite band. And I remember a friend being like, they're not a real band. And I was like, they are real to me. Those aren't real it's friends. also like someone who was Josie and the Pussycats like who so it really hit me while watching the movie I had a very like this for my second viewing because my first time watching it was last year at the very beginning of quarantine I'd never seen it I just watched it again this morning and I had a very running on fumes moment where I was watching it and I was like Riverdale and I was like Archie and I just connected in my head oh, and I was like oh yeah. Josie and the Pussycats and Archie are the same universe yeah yeah, the Archie comics, and then it was a series, a cartoon series in the 60s that was yeah. like very Scooby-Doo. They would solve mysteries. Yeah, I was wow. the kind of nerdy, like, pre- like whatever it is before you're not like a 10, like nine, 10 year old, but like before middle school, pre queen. Yeah. I was into the Archie comics. And so like, I've actually like more than any of like the Marvel or like DC shit that we might cover. I hope not. Like I've actually read probably more of like the Archie universe than like any other comic book series. Well, the only rotten Marvel movie is Eternals. That's the only one. Yeah. That's how bad it is. Or the dark world. No. Well, Eternals is the first like rotten one. I think of like the new era of Marvel because technically, you know, there's like Blade and show. Okay. Like the original That's- Blade is rotten. And Fantastic all Four three of Silver them. Surfer. Yeah, all three Blade of the Blade one- movies are rotten. But out of the new era of Marvel, the fucking that's dominated our, our lives for so long now. Eternals is the only one crazy enough. That's how, how bad it must it? be. I'm like, fuck, it must yeah, be people really don't bad. like it. Yeah. But yes, the Archie comics. I I mean I'm a huge fan of Riverdale, the CW show. Like I still mm-hmm. watch Never it. Seen it. And I've seen Josie and the Pussycats are characters in it. Oh, I didn't know oh, okay. They're like a high school yeah. band? Yeah. So they're That's in the cool. first season and then the other oh. two disappear and just Josie stays. Oh. But in the most recent what? season, they had like a Pussycats reunion. And then they had an episode that was definitely like a backdoor pilot for a Pussycat show. We'll have to so see what maybe. happens. Oh. But I would watch this it because is... they like well, solve I feel a mystery. Like, uh, like of all the movies that we've done, besides maybe like Jake's obsession with like post 9-11, like this is like one of the most like fanny, like, like you know shit. Like I don't oh, know. Sh- I did oh, not yeah. know shit about that. <laughs> have you ever been Josie or any of the Pussycats for Halloween? It's like one of my like biggest regrets for the phase where I was blonde because my two sisters, I have a redhead sister and a brunette sister, and we would have been a perfect trio of um, Josie and the Pussycats. And it's just like a huge regret. You'll find your Pussycats. On April 11th, three small town girls. You great crowd. Okay, girls, we need the lane now. Are going big time. You want to sign us? Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm a girl from Riverdale. I'm not a rock star. You gotta believe in yourself. Rachel Lee Cook, Tara Reid, Rosario Dawson. No matter what happens, we will always be friends first. Josie and the Pussycats. At theaters Wednesday, April 11th. Because I do think that like this is a movie that everyone knows the poster of. I hope everyone knows that 
amazing song that's like the same like the one that actually played on like trl and stuff irl um, actor lover or three small no, three <laughs> three small, small words the three small words is a, a pretty good three song small oh, words. they did not have to go this hard for the awesome. soundtrack but no 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 it's song. like one of the movies yeah we'll get into it but i i actually don't think that that many people like know like the overall like tone or premise of the movie if you I had no had idea what it the was extreme pleasure of watching Josie and the Pussycat so allow me I gave myself the better movie this week sorry Max you I'm know. a full throttle stand so <laughs> yeah, um, okay, it's, yeah, an, you it's love an honor <laughs> so let's put on our leopard print it or yeah leopard <laughs> leopard print leopard ears and leopard start print yeah they're leopard print ears I right. should have worn my leopard print today uh, yeah this movie's good I actually do have tiger somewhere but anyways let's start you have like Josie a full tiger pussy. costume don't you it's like costume it's more like a chill asian lady sweatsuit that i just like to party <laughs> in because because like my nephew frank loves animal print and because he thinks that it makes people run faster uh, which is dope it's true and so we i have hope like he believes an, that even when he's older I hope so he we had like an animal one. print themed birthday party for him so i went full throttle and i did a full tiger chill outfit and then there happened to be tiger ears there too so i was like oh i'm, a, wow. I'm just a tiger now yeah people this, would look at me very differently if i wore that yeah yeah, it is like one of the extreme pleasures of like being like a small Asian woman is being able to be like, I think that woman's dressed as a tiger, but it's fine. Like no one can see me when I'm trying to order deli meats. But other than that, it's like a great experience. I steal from Sephora sometimes and no, I've never dressed been Dressed as a tiger, yeah. If, <laughs> yeah. I dre- if I stole from Sephora, <laughs> dressed as a tiger, I would get arrested <laughs> for sure. <laughs> this guy's a freak. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So this tour de force is co-directed by Harry Elfont and Deborah Cat. Kaplan. Harry Elfont looks familiar to me. Like, I think he's also like a bit player in a lot of things as an actor. Josie and the Pussycat somehow braids 2000s girl power slash boy band mania with the hokey mid-century universe of Riverdale. Embracing the brightly colored sarcasm of its time, Josie both functions as a pop culture artifact that it's skewering and the artifact itself. It follows Josie, Rachel Lee Cook, Valerie, Rosaria Dawson, and Melody, Tara Reed, an aspiring townie band who are suddenly discovered by a record label and are thrown into the spotlight literally overnight. The rise to fame's quickened pace, however, is of course too good to be true, and the band unknowingly walks into a dark plan to subliminally coerce young people into further enveloping their lives into the capitalistic machine by hiding secret messages in their hit singles. It makes sense when you watch it. The scheme's oh, mastermind, yeah. Fiona, played by fucking Parker Posey, yeah. um, is working in conjunction with the military and has already claimed the lives of several other artists, most recently the Backstreet Boys-like group Du Jour. And as the pussycats begin to suspect their label's intentions, Fiona sets her sights on Melody and Valerie as her next victims. It also is a movie that gives us satisfying cameos from Breckenmeyer, Carson Daly, Daniel Faison, and Seth Daniel? Green. Donald? Oh, Donald Who the fuck Faison. is Daniel Ooh. Faison. Whoa, so whoa, sorry, sorry. whoa, whoa, whoa. All I'm it was saying. in the Clueless TV series, not the movie. Yes. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'm saying, I was like, no, he did Daniel both. Faison is the Charlie O'Connell to Jerry O'Connell. You're right. Donald I Faison. just watched Charlie O'Connell's season of The Bachelor. It's incredible. You should check it out. Wait, what? Charlie O'Connell was on The Bachelor? Charlie O'Connell was the season eight Bachelor. Jerry it's O'Connell's what? brother was on The yes. Bachelor? It, no one is talking about this. Oh, it's... Is he like I mean, in it's the a bachelor part of history? Does he ever? Yeah. Come He's back? the bachelor. He was the bachelor in season eight. I think it was like two thousand five, maybe. Wait, um, <laughs> guys, Wait. like I, if we digress into this, like. I could talk about it for hours, but it's oh incredible. I mean, you're obviously God. right. I am just like. It's 
fantastic. And like Jerry shows up a few times and he's like, so there's these girls, like how crazy are they? You know, it's just like this very. Thank you so much, Ella. This feels like a gift. (laughs) So they did get married. They dated on and off for about three years and um, it didn't ultimately work out. But he also was unable to pick a finalist at the end. So he dated two of them for about like two or three months. And then he picked at the finale. So he like changed all the rules. (laughs) He 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 take you for a test drive for a couple months. (laughs) And also like, you know, like normally they have like really formal group dates. Charlie would just call them up on the phone and be like, hey, I'm playing pool. Five of you can come. You guys pick. Meet me there. Because Jerry (laughs) O'Connell was so big at the time and it was such a big like catch for the franchise. They kind of just let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. And was Jerry O'Connell ever big or was he just like a guy that we just kind of accepted in our lives for a few years? And then somebody finally was like, wait a second. We gave this know, guy like way too many leads. And then roles. Rebecca Romaine. Okay, if you guys him. ever do Kangaroo yeah. Jack, you have to have me on because I have a lot to say. About Kangaroo I Jack? Lot, I, I would do Kangaroo Jack film. simply for Michael Shannon and Christopher Walken. But Kangaroo it's, Jack. it's like four different movies like spliced together and it has a really interesting production story I could fill you guys in on. But I would love well, we to. We were just more. talking. This is a, so last week we talked about Charlie O'Connell too because he's briefly in Dude, Where's My Car? Charlie this O'Connell is the most having... heat Charlie O'Connell's ever had. <laughs> in my life i gotta say i mean yeah yeah for sure this is this is big was charlie is not on sliders though that's jerry right jerry was on sliders yeah okay charlie feels like yeah like maybe he thought jerry was gonna have like an alec baldwin like career for a little bit Mm -hmm. and he was like i could definitely leech on as like a billy or a a steven but it seems like jerry just became steven and so charlie was even lesser than like a daniel baldwin yeah like yeah. nobody was even like, we can't get Jerry O'Connell. Let's get Charlie. They were like, let's just get somebody who's not an yeah. O'Connell. They, he wasn't even used as like, yeah, the off-brand Jerry. He just he just went on The Bachelor. Yeah. yeah. Jerry O'Connell wouldn't have been a surprising, it, I wouldn't have been surprised if he popped up in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I can't even get started on the cameo parade in that film, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, yeah, we'll get there because now, we need to start with Josie, which I do think starts so strongly. Like if you are not laughing in like the first scene, the du jour's scene then I'm like this movie yeah. isn't for you and neither is my friendship I've um, never seen a group of characters in one scene at the beginning of a film have such a strong impact on me like no <laughs> I think about them all the time they're incredible so, like they are you give to people me. kind of like the rundown of like du jour yeah so I mean like this was when Backstreet Boys in sync were really big and they're perfectly making fun of but also celebrating the boy mm-hmm. band and their outfits are incredible and Mare is wearing um, a black tank top with like very early 2000s flames on it and like red leather pants. Uh, Seth Green's got a top hat and a boa. There's no doing, consistency amongst them. Like, it's just like absolute chaos. And they're doing their dance moves and they kind of do like the in-sync, no strings attached thing. They're like doing that. They're singing Wait, this- what does Donald on shirt say? Is it Sanskrit? Is it, oh, what, yeah. what is it? It has it a tattoo like that like, you know, like yeah. any white girl would get in the early 2000s on their yeah. back and not yeah. know what it meant. Like it's that vibe for sure. <laughs> Yeah. Just the fact that they even have like a POC in the group is like the one <laughs> amendment to and then and then one of the dudes just isn't famous or not famous to me. Yeah, the because, one like, guy I do not know who that man is. I yeah. don't know who he is either, but I like him because he just he's whenever great. the other guys are talking, he just stares at the camera. Yeah. He's the perfect. anchor because he goes like he and also he's like the leader of the band. He's the one who talks when they return later in the film. So I think because they couldn't says, get the other actors to come seatbelts. back. Yeah, <laughs> so they yeah, put him yeah. in full body cast. 
Great move, though. Like no, very good move. Yeah, they're like this guy will come back though. Everyone in there, like in, in Dujour, knows like their place and what they're doing. And then like the running joke is that like they just say like Dujour means friendship. Dujour means family. Dujour yeah. means belts. And like they're introduced as like the biggest band on the planet. Everyone's obsessed with them. Everyone's got their merch. And then they're quickly disposed of by the sinister machinations of Alan Cumming. The corporate music industry. Yes. Yeah. Well, and also like on very small scene in that scene or in that segment that I like is Seth Green and Breckenmeyer fighting because Seth Green's character feels like <laughs> Breckenmeyer's failing his, like his signature like almost like duck face. <laughs> like he's like, you stole my face and I will I like to do uh and then you're doing uh what? Yes. Could you maybe talk to Marco about him always doing my face? You remember in the what video, I established the face? Well, ever since then, every time you see Marco, he's doing the face, and it's mine. You look at him on TRL. Hi, Carson. You look at him on the Kids' Choice Awards. This is ours, thanks. And then right here on the cover of Seventeen Magazine. Hi, little girl, beauty secrets. It's my face. It's my face. Oh, hey, Travis, am I... Uh doing your face could god forbid i do your face because it's such a good face thank you les now listen i mean seth green is obviously a funny person like they all are but i like it so much too because they also all genuinely circulate in that sort of like actual pop artifact and not just like comedy because seth green was oz like seth green was in fuck like, he's in so much shit brecken meyer's like kind of a heartthrob and and like Faison's in fucking like clueless a heartthrob. I think people had like a small wetty for Breck and Meyer. Travis I mean, Bergenstock I think he's really is definitely weird. some people's type. They were perfect because they were both from Clueless. Yeah, I think. He's a member that I want to be friends with, but Brecken is the one that I would fuck out of Dujour. He's the poster. Like, I think he's hot. <laughs> I remember thinking Breck and Meyer was like cool when I was younger because of like Road Trip and then Go. And the right. live action Garfield film, of course. Of course. How could you forget? Breck and Meyer is actually really funny in Go. He's kind of doing the same thing that he does here where he just he's in the Vegas segment and he plays the guy who thinks that he's black because his mother's mother's mother is black. Yo, man, I told you my mother's mother's mother was black. Your mother's 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 father. This ain't Roots mother. (laughs) Now, I want to see a picture of this Nubian princess. I want to see a picture of my mother's mother's mother If you were any less black, you would be clear. That bitch was black as night. Okay, stop. I see black because I know I am. See, color's a state of mind, Marcus. You know what, you're right. Thank you, Rhythm Nation. <laughs> well, fuck you, Vanilla Ice. Yeah, I think he's like, I think he's like super cute and funny. Also, really I don't like- know another human being named Brecken. No, it's no, like I his mean, parents it's- knew that he was gonna be somebody. You're gonna be sick. <laughs> Our kid's gonna be tight for sure. This is Brecken. Um, no, I think when I was a kid, yeah, I was like, wow, this is a cool name. Like Brecken Meyer and Devin Sawa. I was like, wow, why isn't yeah. my name fucking tight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Brecken and Devin. But it's like, yeah, Dujour are in two scenes and they make such a huge impression. And huge all impression. of the music in this movie is above and beyond what it sets a fictional the table. band normally gets. But yeah, yeah. like that Dujour scene really like sets the table for like the tone of the movie overall because it is like kind of a satire but also it's just like a loving send-up it's, yeah, it's in not a way hateful kind of, at all no it's, it's not, not hateful at it's all not, it does, and it's not easy it doesn't go for like an easy target i feel like the way that like at that time like someone like eminem was yeah it's so obvious and just being like boy bands are fucking gay yeah and you're like okay yeah no it's a, it's a celebration for sure and oh and like, their hit song is called backdoor lover i know and i would sing that as a child all the time like i definitely like performed <laughs> it with my siblings and we like sang it and, like, loved it and then like watching this? it a couple years ago i was like oh my god it's i mean 
that's why this movie is great because I think you could watch it like really sincerely and just be into the right. machinations of the plot and the characters themselves and then you can be an older person and just be like wow this is actually really funny and like right. partially like poking fun at it too but while still being like incredibly like loving and sweet it's a four quadrant yeah this film, is a grabby hand because I saw it for the first time when I was nine or ten and I loved it and it worked for me at that level and then I watched it on Thanksgiving with my sister who is 10 and it was really cool being older and enjoying it the way I do now and then also seeing her love it right. and be able to think it's funny and follow the plot and it's just like well, especially really to watch it everybody. now yeah like in our 30s like it because it's just such a perfect encapsulation of that period and like mm-hmm. satirizing it I don't know it, it feels like a movie that slipped through the cracks somehow where like at the studio where they like probably just didn't put too much attention on it and we're just 2001 like, wasn't ready for it I mean no. the fact that it was such a bomb is this I, was like, I so feel like 2001 moment, is but... like yeah like this was just like I think looked at as like a period where like studio comedies because this I comes out around of... the same time as like Joe Dirt and Tom Katz like we yeah. were talking about what month did this come out? April. Oh for as like fun as a plot is it comes out very close to when Aaliyah dies but I guess this movie came out first I was gonna she say she like, auditioned that... for the role of Valerie. She did Oh my yeah. god that would have so been Beyonce. so dark and Lisa and so did Left, Left Eye. Eye. Yeah. yeah Oh my god that would have been so dark because I was like for me very I think dark. this movie is like incredible but that premise that like actually Fiona and like whatever weird corporations that she works for are at fault for the deaths of other pop stars like in small planes and so noticing yeah that this this movie came out the same year that Aaliyah died I was like oh maybe it came out afterwards and it just felt too soon for people but but no so never mind I have no idea because like do you think R. Kelly had Aaliyah killed no yeah. Do people think that? No, I have no fucking idea. Okay, I was like, what <laughs> now? Just starting oh, drama. No, I, yeah, I just feel like this movie, like when I watched it last year for the first time, I was like, oh, I had no idea this is what Josie and the Pussycats was. Because obviously they're not going to advertise it as like a commentary on like the rise of branding capitalism. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. especially this time, because like the late 90s into early 2000s was really just like peak branding was everywhere. There's a really it was good book. everywhere, but it was like obvious. Like when Dujour's on the plane, it's oh, like- the Target plane stuff, is like, amazing. America but, Online Hotel is my favorite, though. Yeah, there's um, yeah. Real, like and you're, the things that didn't survive. You're like Sobe. There is not yeah. a single scene that doesn't have product placement, but apparently it's not product placement. Like apparently the joke. directors just purposely yeah. put it in, and we're like, no, we weren't like paid for this. Like we just did this. It does make the movie better, but it's like, yeah, like the '90s and early 2000s was like branding with like it, like this way where it's like just so obvious. But now we like like look at it by ourselves on our phone, <laughs> like that oh, dumb sure. boyfriend t- pillow. Like I was like, wow, what would this movie be today? Like I'm not pitching well, a that, remake because yeah. it probably would be terrible, but I would also just like love no, to see. No, I don't like, think you can do this. I now. know it sucks. It, that's what it works so well. So well, like I don't know a single film from 2001 that was supposed to be set in 2001 that comments on so much mm. of the technology of 2001 that holds uh, up as well as this. Kate and Leopold. <laughs> oh, oh, of course. Besides that, yeah. Um, Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, <laughs> how are you I'm doing sorry. this? Corky Romano. How are you doing this? But- I'm a freak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What Jeepers creepers. <laughs> it's really easy to imagine what this film would be now in terms of, I mean, so like the little messaging. Summer is just- catch. <laughs> okay, <Stop. Max>. Sorry. <laughs> 
like a new secret party trick. I am like scared and impressed. I could probably tell you when all those movies came out. It's disgusting. I want to die right now. I'm rotting inside and I need help. Serendipity. It it, it is like what you're saying, like a commentary on the time, but it actually just is such a funny movie. And the character that for me really stood out this time around, because I think it's kind of like, Carson maybe, Daly. Maybe, yes, yes. Hey, don't hate him in this. Ella, like maybe you feel like this too, but like as a young person, I didn't used to appreciate Charisma Carpenter's performance as Cordelia and Buffy because she was like the cool popular one. Yeah. Similarly, I don't think I really understood how much and how great Tara Reid is here. She's great. Because she's playing totally. dumb, but she totally. plays dumb in like, just like such a glowing way. Like Melody is one of my, I mean, they're all great in this movie. The movie really does carve out space for each character but Tara Reid's performance is Melody as like sort of like the head in the clouds like not super analytical one is really sweet like when that uh, when like the cool girls are terrorizing them and they say that like like take off your bunny ears they're stupid and Melody just like very sincerely says like they're not bunny ears they're They're leopard and they're not stupid they're special (laughs) that's when I was like oh my god like that line delivery was pitch perfect and she yeah no it's the comedic timing and the earnestness of everything she says that makes you just love everything her and she not says. like make fun of yeah. her. And like, there's so many like gag moments, like when she's sitting on the O sculpture and she's like, mm-hmm. I felt this icy chill go up my spine. Yeah. And she's like, oh, still there. When they first meet with Alan Cumming and they go in the bathroom and she's like, she's like, yeah, there's just yeah. something about him. Like the way that he folds his napkin is if he knows it, like he has no friends and so that people are just using him for his power or something like that. And yeah, or right she's before they go to the bathroom where she's like, I went before I had, like I went before I left the house you should always go to the bathroom before yeah. you but just like she is so winning in this role like I it just makes me wish that like she would have gotten more things because she's so because she has so many of like the micro moments like another one when someone's like well I can't be two places at once and then she just like she thinks about <laughs> like, here, like, that had and never, yeah because uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess she is she was kind of given the parts of like young blonde like sex pot the way that like a a Megan Fox was or like a Denise Richards so she does kind of fall into that category but I'm trying to think of like another I don't know because she had that kind of like raspier voice too what is Urban Legend and then American Pie the last thing I know like I've seen of her in was Sharknado which is like at that point kind of like making (laughs) fun of her I got a real cutty one I got a real fucked up one she's in another movie with Jerry O'Connell it's from 1999 it's called Body Shots no could have never gotten it yeah I I remember renting body shots because that was a period where I was like a really horny like 11 year old and I was like maybe there's tits in this because you look at the movie and you're like it's called body shots and it's just like a really dark movie about like people in their 20s just being alcoholics it's like her and Jerry O'Connell and Amanda Peet not good oh she's in Cruel Intentions oh yeah she is in Cruel Intentions that movie is crowded with strong female leads wait when is she in Cruel Intentions she's someone's daughter she's She's also in The Big Lebowski that was her first movie yeah but that's like doesn't really count for sure yeah i for some reason did watch the movie my boss's daughter with ashton kutcher and her couldn't tell you why but i watched it at one point in my life and i'll never forget it oh i'm looking at the cover now it's a classic yeah, she didn't she didn't get a fair shake i she don't didn't. think but she's, she's in incredible a robert here. movie she's dr in robert... T, the gynecology one 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's interesting? Yeah, I mean, I guess the one that has worked the most consistently is Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. She's the one who never really went away and just. Kind and of- then she had a weird segue into dating uh, Cory Booker. Yeah, she was dating what's his oh, name before that, and I'm like, how Eric do you? Andre. Also, yeah. she gets mentioned in the Nixium podcast as being at one of the events, but she wasn't like a regular member. I don't think. I think that the Cory Booker campaign just like paid her to do that. I think they were like, we so need, too. we need to make him seem relatable and mm-hmm. rachel lee cook sort of like lives on the lifetime hallmark channel she does yeah they keep her in a box there and uh, <laughs> they they unlock it every once in a while and they're like all right get I out she there she was girl. really good in this movie because she's, she's able great. to be relatable even though she's obviously so beautiful and like she would be one of the cool girls probably she's able to kind of feel relatable and she's like kind of goofy but also she can be kind of snarky or the moment where she's brainwashed she right. is yeah. like the funniest bit I I think in the film is when she tells Melody like puppies turn into dogs yeah grow old and die and like it's just like a heartbreaking hilarious moment and she's really good I think they're all really good because like Rosario Dawson's subplot is better than 2001 I thought like I expected from a 2001 movie which is like Rosario Dawson's character begins to think that the band is going to leave her behind because right. of her race because that she's black and she watches like oh and also like a funny bit is that like Parker Posey's character says that they invented behind the music because yes. like to cover their act yeah. which is amazing about, I mean that entire sequence is amazing and also like it's silly but at the same time I'm like I'd buy this yes I, I know I think this is legit I was like wow Josie and the Pussycats is like MK Ultra, like canon actually like it should really yeah. go in the canon of like CIA brainwashing movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, you just see like what a commodity artists are to like the music machine and like yeah. how they can just be tossed aside if they're not pushing a certain message. And it's like obviously a really yeah. exaggerated version of it, but it like rings. I very mean, it's, true. it's it's exaggerated, but like. Also, it's like one of those things that's like, it's so over the top that you're like, yeah, the average person is going to be like, this is so silly. This would never be a real thing. And I'm like, no, I think it's so silly to the point that I'm like, I think it is a real thing, but they know that we're going to look at it and be like, this is so stupid. This couldn't be real. Yeah. I feel like it's like predicting what is happening now in terms of this. Oh, for sure. Now it's just like algorithms. It's just a part of our our lives now. They've perfected the plan. And (laughs) (laughs) no, I I think this movie doesn't slip through after 9-11. I think this no, is either. a weirdly either, like prescient movie where like there's no way it slips through afterwards. Yeah. From this command center, we control the most influential demographic of the entire population. We decide everything from what clothes are in style to what slang is in vogue. Feather tank tops matching pants, kind of a buffy meets chicken run. Feathers are the new rhinestones. The new word for cool be jerkin. As in dude, that's jerkin. Ooh, that's dirty. This is the epicenter of all trends. We turn your world into one giant TV commercial. But how, you may ask, can our operation be so effective? Sure, these kids had brains like Play-Doh just waiting to be molded into shape, but, but something else must be going on, right? The Chinese guy knows what I'm talking about. It's weird that I didn't see this when it came out because as as it's been well canonized on this on this podcast, I, I loved Rachel Lee Cook as a child. I was willing to die for her 
and uh, you didn't see this i didn't see this as a kid i don't i don't think i did you would remember it has like such a specific no i know i was like don't think i saw this actually and like all of her outfits are incredible i well i remember thinking like oh my god she's so hot in it like as a kid but then like i also watched a lot of weird movies just to see rachel lee cook when i was a kid so i was like how did i not see this like i watched carpool i watched um, oh wait what's carpool Carpool is with Tom Arnold. I watched okay. Carpool when I was a kid one time, three times in a row. Don't know why. I begged my dad to take me to see the Sylvester Stallone Get Carter remake. And he said no, because right, Rachel Lee Cook was his daughter in it. I saw fucking Antitrust oh, with Ryan Felipe and yeah. Claire Ferlani. I was dedicated. Yeah. I saw Texas fucking Rangers. How did I not fucking see Whoa. this? I yeah, know. that's what I did with Robert Downey Jr. when I was like a young high schooler. I like loved him and watched all of his terrible movies from that like really like dark patch that weird of his period. Career. You mm-hmm. watched Gothic yeah. like three times in a row. <laughs> you watched? Did you watch Only You? Yes. yes. Okay. Good. Just making sure. Wait, that's the one with. Um, I've never seen that. Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei yeah. one. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, definitely yeah. saw that one. I just really loved this movie. Like it was even better the second time watching it. Yeah, that's cool that you've yeah seeing it for the, your opinion, seeing it for the first time as an adult. Because I can't wipe you can't away my childhood sure. nostalgia from it. Like, sure. I just thought they were the coolest fucking women I'd ever seen, and I wanted to be like them. And everything you're not they were wearing wrong. and doing, like, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm never gonna wear low rise pants, but everything else, like, they're back. Everything else, they're back. a lot of a lot I, of their no, other clothes, like no. their tops are pretty killer. Like their outfits are great. The, the music is good. Wait, does anyone know who actually? sings that song the three little is like originally cook does not sing well yeah um, the other two do rosario dawson is mimi in the rent film that i was mentioning oh. earlier that's right yes. he has an incredible yeah. voice but rachel lee cook they had i can't remember but it's a woman who's in a band cook singing voice was provided by kate hanley of letters to cleo wow I've i was wondering okay oh my god time. letters to cleo have some bangers well not some bangers background vocal some... some vocals were from biff naked remember biff naked oh yeah I for what sure because fuck? I think that both Biff Naked and Letters to Cleo have songs in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Letters to Cleo is definitely on a lot of soundtracks in the 90s yeah. for sure. But like I also really like the scene where Rachel Lee Cook is like with her guitar and she's just like trying to make cool faces in the mirror because it is like such a teenage girl thing to do like even if you are like a musician as well like she's just so sweet like she is like a well-rounded character she's not like just an asshole or like but yeah, she well, is. This movie yeah. has so many little moments like that like it has some of the strongest like montages i've ever seen on film i'll say mm-hmm. it. like they're just so delightful great montage and movie when you see like little bits of their life and like them like their car breaks down they're pushing it or eating their ramen and all of that it's like there's so many kind of like little details into these characters that like they don't even you know mention oh, out yeah, loud but it gives you scene. yeah it just gives you this like rich portrait of these these three friends that, and every like, and like when they know, try to set up like at a mall oh and like when they get discovered or whatever like when they are in the headlights of alan cummings car uh, that scene is yeah, incredible yeah and he takes out the cd and he just holds it <laughs> yeah, and he looks so at the good. camera it's so fucking funny wait uh, do you know who produced most of the songs no Babyface. fuck yeah, play. What? <laughs> no, these are real songs. Like, it was Babyface and, and Adam uh, Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne who passed away. I was year. just going to ask if it was a fucking R.I.P. Fountains of Wayne guy because I was going to say that the other two movies that have, to me, believable pop songs in them are him. It's That Thing You Do and Music yeah. and Lyrics. 
Oh, the song's are also an underrated film. So underrated. I think it is fresh. It's good. I think it's okay. fresh. Okay. Is it? Yeah. I think so because I think yeah. like, it is. We talk about this oh, yeah. all the goddamn time. I know, I know. Time. It goes my heart. That's fucking, the idea. At least fucking six times a goddamn month I hear fucking, can we do music and lyrics on this? And I say, no, it's 60 fucking 3%. Fresh as fuck. So get somebody yeah, I mean, to write a goddamn it. fucking negative review of music and lyrics so I can watch it finally. Because if not, it's I'm so never going to see it. It's so good. I mean, it's not as good as this, but like part of the reason why like all three of these things are, they like have flow to them <laughs> is because like the songs seem real. I can't think of another Fox film Lux. that has this many original songs that are all good. I mean, Fox Lux, yeah. I think Fox has, Lux like, has some, good, has some yeah. good songs in it. Okay, I haven't seen To that. the point that like you and I, Max, I think have different favorite songs on the Vox Lux soundtracks and at that point i have to say bravo a little bit with these songs it's like they sound enough like you know pop you songs, could put this so on a mix like- with like the donnas and you'd be like i don't know yes. i also feel like other movies that we might cover in the podcast i think that like parker posey alan cummings and missy pyle would stand out as just like the highlights missy of pyle the movie missy pyle is movie. yeah She's just like Wait, one of the most underrated character actors of all time. Like people always talk about people like Alan Cummings, but like Missy Pyle is a national treasure. She steals the show in this film and her character has like no arc, no like backstory. Like she doesn't have anything really to work <laughs> she's with. Just like she just leech. makes it incredible. She's like a small town leech, yeah. Her outfit. Well, isn't there like that throwaway line where someone's like, why are oh, yeah. you here? And someone's like, well, she was, was in the, the comic, comic book. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't get that as a kid and like watching it now, like that's fucking hilarious. I mean, and then she fucking, she's like great in Gone Girl. Like she has, like she's incredible. She has a lot of range. She's really great here. But what I was saying is like those three actors I think of are like kind of con- like in the same school or like in the same little hub in Hollywood right. and the, and like the three leads, especially Rachel Lee Cook and, and Tara Reid are sort of in another Rosario got, Dawson sort of has like gotten to like filtrate in and out of like a bunch of things, but they don't feel like they're in different pieces. And I think that like no. a lot of times when you see Parker Posey it, as like, Oh, I don't know the bad guy in Blade Trinity. You're like, well, this woman's giving us fun camp. And so she elevated this movie beyond the piece of shit that it is. But here they all work like in conjunction with one another. Even the Carson Daly cameo works for me. Yeah, yeah. he was funny in it. And also he and yeah. Tara Reid started dating after this. Yes, I remember that. Oh, see, Carson I Daly was- dated like- Jennifer Love Hewitt yeah, and Tara Reid. Buddy. And a very bland looking man. Oh, I, but he did have like two nails that he painted black sometimes. So That's true. He did. That was very edgy. What a weird time. Who's the woman that they get to, that was on MTV as like sort of like a news co- correspondent with like the short. Serena Outchel. Serena Outchel. She's really funny news. here. Serena Outchel is yeah, great. Yeah, she's good. Remember Gideon Yego? No. Oh, Gideon Yego Wait, was that's like, a, you'll know him he, when you see him. He's like, oh, he's like beta male, right? Yeah. Kurt Loder's just like a movie critic oh, now. Yeah. yeah Gideon. Oh, yeah. Brian McFadden was like the fuck boy VJ. Yeah. Oh, Nick Zano. Whoa. What a fucking time capsule. I mean, and a lot of people got started there. Bill Bellamy. I'm surprised Jerry O'Connell wasn't a fucking MTV VJ. Yeah, me too. Like, where'd you come from? Do you think I'm sure that, Charlie O did a few spins? Do you think that <laughs> this movie would be good for somebody, like as good to somebody that like maybe didn't Tyrese grow up in was an this MTV time? VJ? Well, my 10-year-old sister loved it. She hasn't okay. been around that long. I think they would, yeah. Caduce. I mean, there's enough, like, physical comedy and character stuff that, like, you know, like, my 10-year-old sister just, like, picked up on that and liked it and cared about them and thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean, boy bands are, after, like, One Direction, it's like, that was kind of a, a renaissance for them. So she understands that right. world. Oh, that's true. And, like, and yeah. now we have BTS. That, like, Jor is parroting that. Yeah. Okay. 
God, there were so many. There were so many BJs. I'm so blown. many like Hillary, and so many of them became actors. Hillary Burton goes on to One Tree Hill. Carmen Electra was a VJ. Obviously, Jenny McCarthy. Downtown Julie Brown. This is wild. Wow. Yeah, we tech. We, we, Remember tech? Really lucky. Yeah, I do. Remember fucking tech. <laughs> and now, right, Simon, well, Max, you need to memorize this list so that you can roll it off like the movies from. I do. Yeah. And now Simon Rex is having his comeback. Vanessa Manila married uh, Nick Lachey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm in, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. I feel like younger people would like to know, especially because there is like a weird, like not throwback. Weird, not weird. It's just like the way the world works is there's like a throwback. Yeah. There's like a new cycle of like 2000s nostalgia, which is the only conceivable reason for uh, low rise jeans to be coming back. Mm-hmm. So that was one that I was like, man, can they really actually do this? And no, I was like, oh, like, they're, really, they're making it happen. I know a lot of strong women who are not going to let this happen. We know some girl bosses who are going to say, yes, uh, we, we do not girl stay. bosses that have hips and butts will not allow this to happen because yeah. it's like physically impossible. It's interesting because I feel like we have taken such a wonderful shift towards body positivity, body neutrality, like allowing visibility for different body types and fashion. I mean, obviously there's a huge way to go, but that's a trend that is only for one body type. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like... For my I'm like, body, great. Really, we're back. Yeah, there. like my micro mini skirts. It's like great. Jean mini. I already skirts. had to like be in junior high when this was in fashion. It's like I don't want to live it again now that I'm about to be thirty. But but the makeup I do like. Like like yeah, how no, I like it is and the rest of it. I'm yeah. fine with it all. Like it's great. Yeah, there's just I certain things from eras that, that don't that they don't they don't need to come back. Yes, I think something that also just really works for it that's so great is even though. It is cynically, you know, satirizing consumerism and especially pop music at that time and what it had become and what it was always kind of was, but it was just so blatant about it, um, is that it still feels really pure and sweet and really like, I don't know. Yeah. Like we talked about, like it just, it doesn't feel like you said, like it it is celebrate, it's simultaneously celebrating and satirizing and like skewering the industry and that type of music, which I feel like is something that can only come from somebody who maybe is like as old as the filmmakers were at that time. We're like, because if you're really in it it's hard i feel like to celebrate it in a way yeah if you're not into it but like now like having like time away like i'll listen to songs as i'm sure you two do as well we're like i'll hear a song that i didn't like you know from when i was a teenager because i like like instinctively was just like no i shouldn't like this i don't want this you know what i mean or i just didn't get it at the time i didn't like appreciate it and now i hear and i'm like you know what this is a fucking great song yeah like this I is totally just like agree. a fucking great album. This is like what a great pop song. Like you just hear like that the was work me at the Alanis Morissette concert a few weeks ago because like I was a oh, bit I'm too sure. young for her when she was popular, and I just kind of was like okay. And then like I my friend had a free ticket, and I went with her, and I was like, oh shit, this woman is a rock star. She is. Oh yeah, I mean like that. Fuck it. What's everything the... that people say about her? Like she's incredible. That album, that one. I was the right yeah. age for that album, so I. No, I I never felt one way or another, but like hearing that album now, you're just like, this is such a fucking incredibly produced album. It's incredible. Incredible. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I remember, especially because I was really into hip hop, especially when I was like a teenager and like that new era of like even like when Kanye and like Twistas came out and it was that transitionary mm-hmm. period. I remember being like, I don't like this shit. And then like I hear like some of like Twistas stuff now and I'm like, this is so fucking good. Like this is insanely good. I, I think you need to be able to have like the time and the age gap. Like you need to be able to step back from it the way that I'm sure these directors were able to because yeah. they weren't in it. Well, going back to like the comment it. you made about the sweetness of the film there is the kind of twist at the end where Wyatt and Fiona 
Fiona turn out to be high school friends who are yeah. both the rejects of their high school. And then he reveals that he is the about albino kid and that she's got a lisp and fake teeth. And it's and like, it's really cute. Yeah. It's like very cute. And it just instantly <laughs> like they hint at it throughout the film that there's like, you know, something. Yeah. They, these two are trying to be cool as well. Like, you know that, but it does kind of make them less sinister, even though like it does, but it, yeah, for, like, but it, murder. And, like, yeah. They are responsible for the deaths of many pop stars apparently yeah and it's so sad with fiona that like she's you know she's trying so hard to have this perfect sleepover with the perfect snacks and right yeah you know they just there's no way like no matter how much money she spends on like trying to improve herself um and make herself cool it's like there's something so off about her she can't mimic the like normality that the other three have or like their ability to like function at like a level that makes them not like be super targeted for teasing (laughs) i love the scene where they're deciding the new trends and they're like it's gonna be buffy meets chicken run like they're designing a tank top They say Buffy meets chicken run. Yeah. Yeah. I totally did not catch that. I heard the Buffy, but I don't think I missed, I missed the chicken run part, which is amazing. Yeah, two huge, (laughs) for sure. I just can't believe how well it's aged. I said that before, but there's so many movies that I loved at that age from that time that watching them now, it's uncomfortable. And I try and show it to people and I'm all excited. And it's just like, you're cringing the whole time. And this movie, it's like, there's just not really those moments where you're like, oh God, this is aged so bad. If there's something off color, it's said because of a character trait. Like when Wyatt is like giving all these microaggressions to Valerie, it's like, it's horrible and it's like uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but it's like, that's his character and that's the music industry. It's still obviously so relevant today. Fiona is the most jerking girl in the world. Everybody loves Fiona. She's got the best hair and the most awesome clothes. And she's so thin. I know I want to be just like Fiona. That's the secret message that you wanted to send out? That you're cool? What? That's not me, I swear. You're not doing it right. Hey, that's my job. If I was a guy, I'd so want to ask her out. And if I was a girl, I'd want to be your best friend forever. What's wrong with your voice? We have slumber parties and stay up all night braiding each other's hair. We have tango fights. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh. You don't know what it's like to be teased and ridiculed your whole life. All I ever wanted was to be popular. Tell me, is that so bad? The critics talk about not getting it. Oh my god! At all, you this would is the think precious film. I mean, you would think that somebody. I mean, there were people that did kind of get it. Like some of these, I'm just like, how did you miss the mark this much? Like the the commentary and satire is so obvious and not not in a bad way, but like if I was a grown adult critic in 2001 reviewing this, I would feel like an idiot if I didn't understand the satire of it. Yeah, Rita Kempley, the Washington Post said the fat cats of Hollywood have coughed up a hairball. All right. Spice World's fresh, right? No. I was like, I mean, it's fresh to me, but. This is Spinal Tap is fresh. Okay. Yeah. The boy version. When the boys do it. It's It's funny. (laughs) A.O. Scott of the New York Times said, few people other than future airline passengers should be subjected to such misery. Oh my God. Roger Ebert. Josie and the Pussycats are not dumber than the Spice Girls, but they're as dumb as the Spice Girls, which is dumb enough. I don't get it. Wow. Like he was so wrong. Roger. I thought you loved women. Yeah. Roger did not believe women. Let's see, film.com said, fails as a movie. It works okay as a long form video. What? A new millennium version of A Hard Day's Night without any wit to balance the silliness. What? Um, like what film? 
were these people I actually watching? think it's so much more witty than our days. I- Wesley Morris didn't like it. I'm surprised Wesley Morris didn't like it. Me He's too. pretty smart with shit like that. What should have been 90 zippy minutes of jingling, giggling, winking, fakery adds up to only about 20 minutes of fun. I, this I don't get. Stephanie Zachary said, would be more fun if it were either more shameless or more principled in the bad girl way, taking a stance on the value of artistry and attitude over commerce. I don't understand. That is what it does. Yeah. 2001 is not ready for this movie, and I don't no. know why. But Peter Travers said, harmless girly trifle. Fuck you. And, and it's just like such an old fashioned, like cliche sexism. Like, I just get these women off the stage and put them in the kitchen. It might as well. But I guess it's important to point out that there has been a huge reevaluation of this film, and it yeah. is a cult yeah. classic. And yeah. People exactly. get it now, and that's what's so cool. This has like a fifty-three percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I actually think we could see it bob above the fresh scale in the next few years. So I'm happy that we got to talk about it. And I think it'll remain just under it, but I do think if it came out today, it would be fresh. Okay, so like one hundred percent positive in this direction, and then some negative at music and lyrics, so we can chat about it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's where all the energy needs to be spent in those directions. Who is the MVP of Josie and the Pussycats? I know Parker Posey is an easy choice because she's always the MVP. Yeah. I also want to shout out her costumes are sort of like Bjorky. And yes. I think that they're wonderful. Yeah. Like I yeah. really, the really, feather really. The necklace. Whoever is yes. doing her looks. Um, and, I, and I said that with a L-E-W-K. It was serving. Uh-huh. She was serving looks. I she was like serving some luck. It's just such uh, an ensemble MVP, but then there are people like I know. who are just so I mean, like stand out with these tiny moments. There's like I'm Parker gonna give Posey. it to Tara Reed. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, listen. Like, I think she's definitely the MVP really, of the three main girls. Like she really brings so much to it. She um, she's the heartbeat of this movie for me, and so and like listen, I love Dujour. I love everyone. I know you could say Dujour's MVP. Dujour, like I don't know. They Alan Cumming, Carson Daly, like, Matt Damon's Tara cardboard Reed, cutout. I mean, Tara Reed made me like laugh out loud more Wait, also so many Eugene times. Levy's cameo oh yeah. Eugene Levy's <laughs> cameo is fucking so we didn't even talk good. about that I'm gonna just say this is a this is a this is a case of everything just coming together so well like on all it's ends it's such a happy accident it's kind of just I like think- a full force MVP all around everybody's yeah. kind yeah. of an MVP I would say Dujour and Missy Pyle are kind of like my standouts of the side yeah. MVPs. Right? we're just gonna have to say that everyone's an MVP Tara I, I did decide and it was you, you no 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 I think that you were saying that everyone is an MVP <laughs> I think um, that is where we landed as a group. Or <laughs> like Amer- American o- American online hotel. So good. There's baby face. I mean, come on. Yeah, the people who do the ah, music really yeah. slayed. They hashtag slayed. Letters to Cleo. Thank you for your service. The the real MVP are all the girl bosses across the world. All my ladies, all my independent ladies. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for your service. I believe you. I hear you. And this is a safe space on this podcast with just me not with Courtney because she picked yeah. her to read but yeah. with me I picked all of you I love all women you believe all women even Colleen <laughs> Maxwell <laughs> I, it, listen if we're gonna believe women well we better believe Colleen better believe this broad too <laughs> this, she wow. said sex trafficking is not my bag that actually is a direct quote from her wow. um, <laughs> she said sex trafficking teenage girls is not my bag I wish that was she an could, Austin Powers quote but no it's a no. Colleen Maxwell quote <laughs> <laughs> Final rating. 
misunderstood masterpiece. Like, I 100%, 100% agree with you. This fucking movie is one of the best fucking movies we have ever gotten to talk about on this podcast. Yeah, this is I'm like, so it's, excited. it's not an ounce rotten. No, it's, like it's, it's not, not like a bad like, movie you love to hate. Like it's a fine piece of cinema. And it is a cult classic, but it's also something beyond that. It is a misunderstood yeah. masterpiece. This is like one of oh, yeah. the funnest movies produced. I think that's the vote I gave the the Lake House, but like I was being like a little bit like facetious. Like, uh, <laughs> the but- season. <laughs> I know I gave this to... Uh... <laughs> I really mean it with this, whereas that, with I just like, I Black. love it, but it's bad. I know it's bad. <laughs> I think it I think it really is kind of a masterpiece. I mean, fuck, if you're going to evaluate a movie on what it sets out to do, I mean, I think this movie might have kind of stumbled into it and with a lot of happy accidents, but fuck, it's it's incredible. What other burnt CDs do I still just like have? Yeah, how many? A handful, but this is one of them. Josie is a weird movie because it's 53% on Rotten Tomatoes as critics, but it actually has a score of 52% audience rating. And I'm saying, where are my girls at? Because they're not rating shit on Rotten what are, Tomatoes. Where are my girl bosses? Every guy <laughs> I know that's seen this movie loves it too. Like, I just don't oh, yeah. understand like, who these people are. If you love yourself and you respect yourself and you respect all women like we do. Wait, Max, you, do you have an account on Rotten Tomatoes though? Yes. Yeah. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'm a real cinephile. I'm on letterbox.com. Okay, let's get this right. But could you just like do like two words like yas or one word? Yeah, like, yas. listen, <laughs> listen, we need to help. We need to help Josie and the Pussycats and Rotten Tomatoes. So log on, make an account and you don't even have to just like five stars. And yeah, just all you have to write is go off. That's all like, you gotta do. Five stars. <laughs> like, because like you want to add a queen at the end of that sentence, like totally welcome. But one user review from Rotten Tomatoes and Josie and the Pussycats gave it Alex R. He's a super reviewer, by the way. You should know this. He's oh. a super reviewer. He gave it a half a star. Is that like a Yelp elite? Yes, which <laughs> okay. is exactly what you want in life. Josie and the Pussycats is an awful mess of a film. The film is poorly constructed with a bland, boring script, a terrible choice of actors. Bland. And stupid. The film is a waste of celluloid and it insults the viewer's intelligence. Do yourself a favor and skip this film. I was forced to watch this and it was painful from start to finish. I really hated the film and it was a big waste of time. Tara Reid is a horrible actress that just has no talent to speak. Wow, what the fuck? I, I don't want to give this man more time. He has no talent to speak. Like, he cannot speak. She can't say words. This film is proof that studios will greenlight anything to make a quick buck. I'm all for a good comedy, but crap like this makes me want to blow my fucking brains out. Watch something else instead. This is not worth your time. This is an awful comedy that just doesn't cut it. The dialogue, it's cringeworthy. The jokes are horrible and fall flat. There is no substance here. And it's a train wreck of a movie that should have never seen the light of day. If I ever see Deborah Kaplan in the streets, it's on sight, bitch. I hated all those words in that order. Um, <laughs> that's all the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. If I ever fucking see Seth Green... I'll fucking Ugh. shank you. If I see Seth Green, Seth I might. Seth Green, I'll just start clapping. Like, thank you for your body of work, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, thank That's what you. we should like, all do when we see celebrities. We like, we just clap. Oz is the only you. male feminist on Buffy. Hot take. Oh. Yeah, no. Hot take. <laughs> Except oh. for, they, I feel like they really fuck up the episode that he comes back in season four. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. They kind of like, because he gets all like threatened by like. Because she's Willow a lesbian and now. I, and I, it just oh. didn't count. feel, it didn't feel true to his character. So I don't it's really not. count that as part Me of his either. character arc because it was just like the writers being messy trying to make drama mm-hmm. i'm glad Oz believes that. women unless they're gay Oz is loveliest boy Ozzy! what's happening angel yummy <laughs>
Capri's, ladies. We got an 11-350, and it ain't pretty. You found an illegal chinchilla ranch? You're good. Hey, hey, sorry about breaking your stick. You know, when it's big like that, I just like to ride it rough and hard. <laughs> it's a nice ride. It's a, oh, sorry. You've never had trouble finding someone? I'm gonna teach you and your friends about Pan. Good evening, Charlie. Madison, is that you? Sorry, Charlie. I don't take orders from a speaker box anymore. I work for myself. Well, your boss sucks. This is it, you ready? Are you? You all fine, but you're crazy. Really use Bosley's help on this one. I get to drive the race car. Heidi O'Malley. Man, you ain't never heard of no black Irish. Black Irish. Who you think invented the Mac Rear? Lucky Charm. Sam Rock Shake. I got sand in my butt. I can't hardly walk. All right, let's jump. No, let's let's slow motion backflip two years <laughs> Good into one. the future so that we can ride the wave of Sir McGee's. <laughs> McGee has been knighted. No, I don't care what anyone not. says. McGee okay. has been knighted. He was knighted after this movie was released. Let's and ride the wave. In conjunction with the pilot of the OC. That's right. Of the whole series. McGee's. And also, he could not direct the pilot of the OC because he had to shoot this movie. But um, I'm sorry, my hands are tied about that. Sir McGee, he was getting knighted. He was directing Full Throttle. He could not direct the OC. He said, I will be a creative producer. McGee produced the 2000s. I don't know. Not a lot of people know that, but McGee produced it. So we're going to talk about Charlie's Angels Full Throttle with all three of its core cast returning as its angels. Cameron Diaz, Lucy Liu, and Drew Barrymore. All the independent women. I forgot that song was the video for the first movie. Wow, that's the first film. Pink yeah. does the song for this one. Yeah, that Same. was a real step down. That's coming from somebody who does like just like a pill. I like. Oh Pink no, just that fine. album. I think it's a good song. Misunderstood is incredible. The rest of yeah, the albums. Yeah, I'm not. Like. I'm not shitting on Pink so much as I'm saying. Come on. They return as Natalie, Alex, and Dylan. Full throttle replaces Billy. <laughs> Billy Murray Bosley. <laughs> what? Billy Murray Bosley. Bill Murray said he said no to this, but he came back for the Garfield sequel. No, he hated yeah. McGee so much <laughs> that he did not want to come back. Bill Murray is replaced by a very game Bernie Mac. The film also stars Demi Moore as a rogue angel. Justin Theroux as an Irish mobster. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> he just wants his lucky charms and his rings. Honestly, that's probably about as accurate as his Irish accent, but God bless him. No, God um, bless him. And Justin Theroux is an incredible actor, so I know that he yeah. knows that's a bad accent. Yeah, he yeah, knows yeah. it's bad. Crispy Glover, Crispy Glover, Crispin Glover as an evil ex-orphan. My MVP of the film, I'll say. Who it hates Ooh. haircuts, obviously based off the thin man from Metropolis. And a very young, totally forgot about this, pre-canceled, yep. you put Shay LaBeouf. Oh, what? Uh, that's what he's going by now. He's going to try to make a low-key comeback as, as Shay LaBeouf. Uh, Shia LaBeouf as a boy who needs to buy a brush. That's right. I, you know what? That that, that, that hit me really hard because that's what my hair looked like when I was fourteen. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Watching it, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's probably what I looked like when I was fourteen. Plot-wise, though, the film centers on the MacGuffin. <laughs> A real MacGuffin of two titanium rings that both Seamus Grady, played by Justin Thoreau, and Madison Lee, played by Demi Moore. They really, really want them. 
to help their evil scheming. I really hope that some Irish coalition comes uh, after us after this Same, episode. Same, we do. It would be worth it. That's offensive <laughs> to my ancestors. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really need to take a nap. The film also manages to shoehorn roles for Matt LeBlanc and Luke Wilson. They're in the I, first ones. They're in the first one. Yeah, right? I have yeah. no memory of Matt LeBlanc being in these films. I remember Me too. In the I was first like, one. what the fuck? I, I thought that my He's computer playing glitched. Joey. He's Joey. He's, He's like an actor. Matt LeBlanc like, always plays Joey. I like Matt yeah, LeBlanc like played Joey guy. in the movie Ed. It was just Joey with a monkey. In Lost in yeah. Space as well. That's right. Now that's a film I want to chat about another time. Me too. It's rotten. I earned it. <laughs> but it, like we said, this does not have the Destiny Child's banger that the Angels' first foray onto the silver screen had. It also, more importantly, does not have the first movie's MVP, Sam Rockwell. No. Who fucking literally gives almost an Oscar-worthy performance. In he Charlie's was so Angels scary mind. in that movie to me. When I saw it as a kid, it really scared me when he did He's that very turn. Effective. He started, he, yeah, he took off his shirt and he was like wearing a tank top and then he was evil like oh. yeah he puts on feral monk and starts crip walking and that's how you know he's evil and says, we cannot review the first one because it's pretty high it has like a 69 percent, i believe but this one full throttle straddles the rotten rating at 42 yes. percent. pretty predictable but just like yeah. pussycats has a lower audience score of just 40 percent. except this movie gets a cameo by the pussycat dolls this oh, movie yeah, right. is the pussycat dolls. Yeah. I ride for buttons and don't ya. Whenever I do something disgusting, I do sing don't ya to my coworkers. <laughs> That's upsetting. <laughs> Whenever uh, like I have food on my face or I have fallen down, I sing don't ya. I hope that Disney Maxwell sings don't ya. <laughs> oh my God, con- stop bringing her up. <laughs> she's convicted. No, she's God. not going to get convicted. Who are we I have, like, uh, I'm, I'm playing a game and I would love us to all play it too. Like who's gonna play her olivia coleman i could see like i could see them having somebody like natalie portman or something where it's like <laughs> oh, just so see, kind of like it's okay. like she wants to go for it and kind of like get a bad wig and like there's something about the cheekbones like if i don't it's know just like it, based on looks it's winona yeah oh winona could do it i think winona could do it and i bet Catherine keener could do it yeah i think so too i want a great winona performance it's not straight i just feel like it'll be like a, a slightly younger actress because i would need scenes from back the, then for, yeah, when she's when she's grooming, some bad prosthetics. But then I think just cast the younger actor. You know what I mean? Just cast a Winona wannabe. I don't know. But anyway, back to some other girl bosses. This movie <sighs> is a carnival ride. It's this just is like a, a whiplash parade of like who's who in 2003 and cameo. Yes, like, thank you. Like each scene just sets up the cameo. We were gonna save this movie for next month for more of our kind of like genre, like really candy colored fever dream movies, and that is exactly I'm what. Happy. This movie is this movie yeah i'm kind of happy that we didn't though because it goes it's i mean these films are these films are fun together brunette redhead three women serving yeah, yeah, I just kind of yeah. noticed, like, you know, that weird, that that male gaze thing on yes. these women's bodies in this film that you don't feel in Josie and the Pussycats. No. McGee's had a McStiffy for he all did. these girls. Yeah, so. and, like, in that in the first movie, too, in Josie and the Pussycats, too. Well, also, like, I pity the movie that has to, like, that you watch after Josie and the Pussycats. It's like, I yeah. watched them chronologically. <laughs> I should have watched this one first because I think I was, like, not necessarily harder on this movie, but I was, like, a little more checked out. 
But yeah, like in Josie and the same. Pussycats, there's that scene where like, so funny where Parker Posey's like, okay, how much do you weigh? And I forget how much Rachel Lee Cook says she weighs. But 118. She's she weighs yeah, 118. Yeah. She, and, she, and she's my height. She's like 5'2". And that is a very healthy weight for someone who's like 5'2". You're to a be. healthy girl. And I was like, wow, that is really nice that that's in this movie. Like that's in Josie and the Pussycats. What I found like not offensive, but glaring in this movie is that the way that Cameron Diaz is filmed in this movie is like she's the star of it is like she yeah. is like somehow elevated than yeah. the she's other the two one and, she's and, the Tara Reid of this of this group well sure. I think that she was cast to be the Farrah Fawcett yeah. well yeah I just mean like as far yeah. as like how she's portrayed she's kind of ditzy sweet yeah, um, yeah she comes ditzy, right in on that sweet. mechanical bull and like but I also think Barrymore's character is also kind of not ditzy but like yeah I like, guess I'm she's the bad girl she's yeah. a bad girl falling for bad boys and I like Cameron Diaz here just fine but like how much the movie does seem to care a little bit more about like her personhood because she is the blonde was just like slightly distracting for me and I mean like maybe it's also because like since the movies come out and like Drew Barrymore in no way was is talking shit about her other two co-stars but she has like since said that like she dealt with like a lot of like body image issues being like the thicker girl right. in the Charlie's Angels cast and you look at her and, and she's like so tiny yeah. she's, so she's crazy. gorgeous she's just fu- like oh there's that God. famous picture of her and Cameron Diaz like walking to the premiere with like a bottle of champagne and like yes. I forget what Drew Barrymore's shirt says but it says like my boyfriend's out of town or like something cheeky like yeah. that and you're like Fuck, you're this such was a not badass. when she was with Tom Green, though. Okay, it's around the same. It was like a little bit after, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like that, like that hurts me a little bit. Listen, there, there's some things about this movie that like I did like, namely. I mean, I like Lucy Liu a lot, and I don't think it's just because she was the only Asian celebrity of my adolescence. She really I think was. She's really good here. As far as like she's w- good. female I mean, like, Asian She's like actresses. clearly like an athlete. Like she fits this role well. Like, she really, I, I feel like, like is playing... the most, I, I maybe this is a, I, it's a weird way to say that like uh, one of these actresses is like the most respected in the movie, but I feel like her character is treated with the most respect in a way but i think that's hashtag a little racist i agree with you right I yeah, yeah. like the this way model her... minority thing yeah. yeah and listen like i think that she plays into it perfectly and i hate to like <laughs> like listen i watched the blooper reel afterwards and there's like oh a both scene... these films end with a blooper reel that's because they are just like a slumber party you want to yeah. follow yeah you want to watch yeah. these girls fall over and giggle like it is cute like even in the blooper reel if something goes wrong she's like able to like stay as, as like that strict Asian like stereotype character like a little bit like yeah. so like she's just so dialed in to what she is doing and I just like have so much respect for her she's also someone well I guess like she didn't coin this her father coined this but like she gave an interview about it in the last like 10 years about fuck you money have you heard this Ella Mm-mm. it's it's one of my favorite quotes that I've heard a famous person say where she says that her dad taught her to always have a little fuck you money and it's enough money in the bank that like if you're working on a project and someone is disrespecting you you can be like fuck you i'm gone that's cool d- yeah did you guys see her know. in curb your enthusiasm a couple weeks ago yeah mm-hmm. that was weird that was weird to see weird. larry david dating her i was just like because it's like she's not playing anyone she's playing lucy lou yeah and so the way that the show like, like decides who he's plays so much older than her people. but then i like she's in her 50s i guess but she looks, she looks amazing she looks yeah, i mean she yeah. and she's the oldest one of the three of them i think she was in her early 30s at the time of shooting but like you know gotcha. she's kind of ageless no i mean she looks she looks fucking great she will she just kill bill volume two the same or volume Mm-hmm. one the same year as this she's really good in she's great 
she did a movie that is known as like, apparently one of the worst movies of all time right before this with Antonio yes, Banderas like called Ballistic X versus Sever. And I'm trying to remember what else they see that was in. Um, she broke on Ally McBeal, I think. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Her career was meaningful for me because, yeah, just like as an Asian woman, like there was, because like someone like Phoebe Cates is also, she's my demo. She's half Asian, but she was able to pass as white in like 80s right. and 90s. And so like, this is like one of the first actresses that I got to see be like, like a capital A Asian. Yeah. So I don't know. Then, I, I have a lot of affection built up for her, I guess. I think that her and Drew Barrymore deliver better performances than Cameron Diaz. I think Cameron Diaz is almost doing a parody of Cameron Diaz in the in this movie. Like, or, or I don't know. I don't, yeah, she's just fun. Didn't I mean, I, I, yeah. I don't think she's like. Uh, she's just like being bubbly. And like, I yeah. don't know. I think that Drew, both Drew Barrymore and Lucy Liu's performances are a little more grounded. One of the only bits that I really laughed at, and I, I'm so sorry to admit this. I guess Lucy Liu isn't in it, but it's about her. I guess she's in part of it. Is when her adoptive dad, who's like white and British. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Oh, catch she the part was adopted. Okay, because okay, I, I was like, that. oh, this is her. Well, like, no, white I mean the movie doesn't like... explicitly say it, but because I was like, this woman is not half Asian. I thought it was just such an interesting choice to like. Well, yeah. Then also, John Bill Murray is Bernie and... Mac's brother. It's. I mean, <laughs> look. <laughs> Also, like, John Cleese's whole arc was, like, learning to accept his daughter as a sex worker, which yeah. is why he yes. leaves the film believing. So I thought it was going to be, like, at the end, he was going to be like, oh, thank God, I thought you were a prostitute. But then he accepts her at the end, he, and I was like, I, okay. I kept, <laughs> that's one of the only through lines I really enjoyed, is that, like, Matt LeBlanc is just like, what are some of the quotes that he's saying? Oh, and then she comes home, and she's like, Dad, yeah, like, my costumes. girlfriends and I, yeah, yeah, like, we just finished off on, like, 12 guys, yeah. And, and I have to jump in the shower, I'm, like... Like yeah, and Matt LeBlanc is like, see, she's good, right? Sorry, Alex, I know. I'm so sorry, Daddy, that I didn't tell you. I didn't think you'd approve, and I didn't want to disappoint you. I know how you wanted me to be a neurosurgeon. But I've discovered a whole new way to help people. Whatever makes you happy. <laughs> oh, I am so relieved. Daddy, Natalie, Dylan, and I are a team, and we just took on... Twelve sailors. <laughs> I mean, you can't even imagine the positions we get ourselves into. <laughs> Daddy, I wish you could watch us work. You'd be so proud. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to take a shower because I am covered in what <laughs> you can only imagine what. I kind of like Matt LeBlanc in this. <laughs> Me too. Like, I think he's game. I like him. More, like, I, like, here's the thing. I have a note that says, why is Luke Wilson here? Like, I understand that he's in the first one, but like, I do not give a fuck if they get a puppy. I do not get a fuck. Well, yeah, of course not. Who gives, just, you, just like, I don't give a fuck about anything in this movie, but. Another himbo. <laughs> Wait, did you catch the other Wilson brothers cameo? No. It was the cop yeah, oh, yeah, the crime the cop. scene investigation. Yeah. It's like the other Wilson. Yeah, not oh, Owen, not him. Um, oh, then I then I just fully don't know what yeah, he looks yeah, like. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Um, Charlie O'Connell like equivalent. Yeah. Luke, <laughs> thanks for the part. Um, <laughs> yeah, Luke Wilson just has that great. He just he's Luke Wilson. He just he's came like, in in the part where they go to his high school reunion and she like is dancing and everybody applauds and like Luke Wilson is just like yeah, she's yeah, great. Fuck her. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, I'm just like, why is this here? And then Demi Moore's part is like, she's really good in this. God, but, and like, yeah. I will say like that split second, I, I thought, I remembered, I thought that the scene where she's wearing a fur coat and has a gun and is in a brawn panties, I thought that was a scene. It is not. It is like literally just like part of a montage, yes. but it is like emblematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I don't think I told you guys this. I'd never seen this movie. I'd seen the first one a few times, but I'd never seen this. Um, I wasn't sure if I hadn't seen it until I started watching and realized like, no, I've never seen it. But I remember the marketing campaign so clearly. Like I remember the poster mm-hmm. where their fingers are like doing a, the two side behind them. Um, I Someone remember Sony everyone- raise for that. <laughs> yeah, I remember everyone talking about Demi Moore in this movie. Like she's so old, but she's hot. Like what? And then looking up and seeing she was only like 40 at the time of shooting. Like, <laughs> yeah. We can't and, believe how fucking But I just remember like her being a huge part of like my child awareness of this film. And then to see her in one scene and then she comes in at like the hour, like 20 minute mark for her second scene. Yeah, she kind of... There's no middle scene to bridge her introduction and her reveal as a villain. No, she shows up at the Griffith Observatory to do a backflip in heels, which is... The special effects in this movie... Okay, the action in this this movie is wacky. I do think it's like partially wacky because of like the time that it's in. It's also partially wacky apparently because like the movie wants to be pretty like anti-gun which i understand because of drew barrymore sweet yeah because drew barrymore but it also is just like then when it makes i'm sorry it just makes the bad guy seem cooler because they have guns a little bit yeah charlie's (laughs) Charlie's back at the headquarters like ladies we've got to get you some guns because you're gonna die out there (laughs) yeah i was like it just doesn't you know what i just realized too like this and josie are also like a cute tie-in because they also have to do with like vintage properties because just like me reading Archie comics I have seen a lot <laughs> of the or like the Charlie's Angels TV show I really okay. liked it I've never seen kid. it okay I like female espionage like Is, I watched d- the okay. first five minutes this morning for the first time in my life I'd never seen it before there is not sorry I have a quick question about that so in the show was that was like a common theme or somebody saying sorry Charlie was um, that like a thing from the yeah, show yeah I think so because Demi Moore says it here and then I always remember Rockwell saying it because I thought he was so cool yeah. when I, that was like my first real glimpse at Sam Rockwell. And I was just like, Oh, this is the coolest fucking guy. I love him. He shoots somebody in and he goes, sorry, Charlie. And then Paul Rudd says it in Nocta for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> He's like on mushrooms or something. He just goes, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> and I think about that a okay. lot. Um, <laughs> also, now like, that scene is richer to me. Yes. In the first one. So in this one, we learned that Dylan slash Drew Barrymore, she she is actually in witness protection. So she doesn't feel like she's like as legitimate of an angel. In the first movie, Ella, it sounds like you've seen it more than I have. Is is it pronounced that like they're they're Charlie's angels because like they are criminals? Oh, because like the new one, the new one is like kind of mod squatty. I don't think the new one's bad. I don't think it's good. I haven't seen it. Oh, I didn't see it. I haven't I seen it yet. I was gonna watch it, but I didn't, clearly didn't have time because I yeah, watched. Yeah, no, this they're like not supposed to be criminals. They're like night. scouted out because they're like talented. I think in the new oh, one, yes. they're 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 criminals, which I kind of, or at least Kristen cool. Stewart's character is. Yeah, listen, I think that there's things about the new one that I really enjoyed. I don't think it deserves to be rotten. I don't think it's great either. But I like, I'm like, this is it's totally fine. There's nothing glaring about it. And like again, this is sort of like high heel feminism. But if you, it's it's almost like how we were talking about Playboy when we were talking about the house bunny i like i like the charlie's angel universe 
despite its flaws because it is like just like such a throwback and like i hope that jacqueline smith lives forever because she will always take a cameo i mean here's the thing i think jacqueline smith was the only angel that stayed on the whole time i'm not sure and i do think that like the new one's good because it's able to like code the kristen stewart character as not only the hot blonde but queer and like i like i like that about the new one yeah there's things i like jacqueline smith is fucking okay i'll have to check it out i saw the first charlie's angels at a sleepover when I was a kid and it was like a fun sleepover movie because it's like we were a bit too young for it so it was like Mm -hmm. but this one just passed me by so every cameo was a shock I just couldn't believe who kept showing up when the Olsen twins showed up I was like it can't get better than this and then Carrie Fisher showed up and I I feel like so short yeah yeah, um... I was so happy to see her I love her so much also I feel like Crispin Glover is down for anything that's like what I've always felt like him as an actor he can just kind of like he'll do whatever and yeah. this movie, it's like the scenes with him were so bizarre and strange, but I mean, the like tone of this subplot. movie is out of control. The yes. tone of this movie yeah. is like, it's it's like almost really close to like how weird and surreal some like Skittles commercials are. You're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it had the color of a Skittles Whoa. commercial. It was, like, the filter was insane. Yeah, I'm I mean, just you like, know, especially in their locations that you know, like Griffith, I, that we go there, you know, it's like, yes. I know the colors that yes. the sky and the grass and the building are and they are not this. There's something about the look of this movie that I know is really gaudy and like silly and, and ridiculous, but like, I kind of like it. I don't oh, know. Yeah, I don't oh, you I, did. I, it's just kind of like, like I like. Choice. Like I know that yeah. it's not technically good, but there's something there's something about it that's like it's very nostalgic for me. Like the late '90s, early 2000s look of like it. It definitely started in like music videos, and McGee's obviously a music video director. If you couldn't fucking tell, it this kind of like oversaturation and really like pushing color on film that I really like, and I feel like it's almost made a comeback in a way. It, like especially in a lot of the A24 stuff, like Zola, it almost has like yeah. that kind of like pushing uh, of color that's really interesting to me so i don't know i kind of like that it's like a heightened world so i think it goes fine yeah film especially like the csi parody montage i was like okay yeah i mean this movie is just like a (laughs) stringing of like vignettes and act and like kind of incoherent action sequences and like music video montages and cameos like it just i feel like it's kind of aware of how ridiculous it is like it seems to be in on the joke where it's like yeah that's why i can't be too critical of it yeah like it's knows what it is like if a movie understands its place and is like we know that this is silly i mean i'm like whatever justin Thoreau is doing as, oh, yeah, so <laughs> as drew barrymore's ex is amazing like also their fight scenes they, they have before. chemistry like what's that when they fight there's several scenes when she specifically is fighting a bad guy and it seems that she like kind of likes it right like it like it gets really she like loves murderers tense. like that's established like, it's kind of hot like, like she's really good in those scenes and i was like wow i really hate this this is turning me on i mean sometimes it happens <laughs> with like spike and buffy too it's just like because it's pg-13 yeah. and we can't show them fuck instead let's he, show them really hurt yeah. each other and he's yeah. He, yeah he's shirtless like greased up fucking yeah. saying you know i'm gonna teach you and your friends about pain um, yeah. or pain, in the, pain. <laughs> the accent yeah. is wild I, know, I but it's love like, it. Having just seen House of Gucci. Oh, I know. I know. This is the equivalent of like that, the Irish yeah. accent for what they're doing in Gucci. Like, he's but it felt doing... more toned down than House of Gucci somehow. No, I love it because I feel like it's like Justin Zero being like, yeah, Irish accents are funny. <laughs> like, he <laughs> yeah, got the part. He's really like, I'm going to come after your angels. One yeah. By one. yeah. I'm going to tear you apart. <laughs> I'm going to make you watch. 
<laughs> he was like the guy from Austin Powers One who has his lucky charms. Like he was like yeah. that guy. Oh, so you're talking about fat bastard. It kind of is like <laughs> fat bastard. <laughs> it's yeah. not. It's not not like fat bastard. It's not not. Yeah, yeah. it's not not. What's the rush, Helen? You've only been here five minutes. Now I've waited for you before. Matter of fact, I've waited for you 2,920 days. That's 417 weeks. That's 96 months. That's eight years. Enough about me. What about you, Helen? How have you been? Seamus. I see you still got a nice arse on you. You've got a lot of nerve coming here and stealing from me. Stealing back's more like it. Give us the rings. I, I don't have anything bad to say. Well, I guess I like was a little harsh on the way that I think that it like looks at Cameron Diaz sometimes, but yeah, no, it made me like notice all their bodies in a way that it's I just, like, almost so it, yeah, but it's, I feel like <laughs> obviously you who are more qualified to speak on it. I feel like it's so it objectifies them so much to the point that it almost comes back around to being like, being like this is fine. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's so like it wasn't over like, the top that you're just like, sure, okay. Because I mean, like, it yeah. did seem like they were all having fun. Like, I kind of got that. Vibe, yeah, it did. yeah. Which it does it, make me, me enjoy movies like, more. Yeah. yeah. To me, it seems like when my friends and I are like, "Hey, do you want to look kind of slutty tonight? What are you wearing?" Then I will wear this, and we will look like a couple of sluts together. It kind of felt like that. Yeah. Which is like what this, these movies are. They are almost like Halloween, you know. Yeah, so, I do yeah, that I with the boys all the it. time. I said, why don't we? Hey, let's get a little slutty tonight. Yeah, I think it was yeah. more like I could see myself watching it as a kid and like feeling that kind of like weird disconnect yeah. that I would feel watching the way women's bodies were represented in that era when I was that age. And because that sure. was like the super it. scary skinny age. Too. Yeah, it was a big yes. time. And they're all I mean, so skinny too, you know. That's the thing. It's like because this is more is like tiny, and it's just it is that body type, and it was yes. that time. But that's the thing; it was making me have all these thoughts, and I was like, I don't normally like to really analyze women's bodies like this or mm-hmm. thinking about it. But something about the movie was like prompting me to think like well, that. Well, McG does. I know it was like, but it was yeah. I was looking at it through McG's eyes, through I love to eyes, see the like, world through McG's eyes. I feel like my life would probably be a lot better if I could see the world through McG's eyes all the time. Oh, yeah. Just well, did not- you? watch the oc i did i watched the first season i didn't i didn't really Stick keep up with it i have all four seasons on dvd within my eye range um, beautiful wow. love the, OC. the scene that they get shot is very stupid though that whole Don't griffin like park the everything at griffin park is yeah, trash the griffin in. park scene reminds <laughs> me of when you're watching a movie and then the characters in the movie go to a movie and that movie is so movie that it's like haha that is what the griffin that's kind of just like what charlie's angels full throttle is yeah that it is, is like so yeah it feel yeah you're it right. was like in the holiday where they're watching the yes. trailer yeah. the Lindsay yes. lohan james franco movie and you're yes. like that is what seems <laughs> real i would see this yeah it yeah. does feel like that or the yeah. entire movie <laughs> honestly this would have been a fun even though i think it's a, actually like a good movie and you know i ride for it really hard but i do think that this would have been fun to pair with oceans 12 because they both feel mm. almost like they're doubling down and parroting the property the that itself. they just is that the one where julia Julia Roberts dresses up as Julia Roberts. Yes. Yes. So I love Ocean's 12. I think it's a really great meta sequel. And me too. But I think it's the same thing where it's 
clearly like they were like, oh, the first one did really well. And then all the people involved in both movies were like, what if we just got the studio to give us like 150 million and we just like went and partied and yeah. that worked out. Which is them. how the Ocean's 11, like the first Ocean's 11 with the Rat Pack was born is that like they sure, were already yeah. in Vegas and Hollywood realized that it was cashable. So literally on their free time, they were like, make a movie on your free time. So they were like drunk. That's Frank all Sinatra want. just was like bullying the director because he was just like obvious, <laughs> like for real. This is like, a, and there is not one scene besides like one montage scene where they're just all walking. There is not one scene where they're all together because they are working or sleeping in Vegas. Wow. And so the first one's like kind of a mess. And so I like that it ended up like just returning to the like, oh, I just want to hang out with Brad. I, I don't know. And this I, movie I, does have like a sleepover. Like it seems like these women like each other. I know that Cameron and Drew Barrymore are like still close. I don't know right. about Lucy, but. Yeah, I also, I had to look it up. I guess Bruce Willis and Demi Moore had divorced at this point. Yeah. Like, Where they together? Oh, right. And Bruce Willis cameoed, which I also yep. was surprised by. And then I was like, of but course, they're like me and Bruce. Cool they're exes. Here. They're friends. Yeah. Oh, they're, yeah. They're no, they were like, yeah. they were stuck together at the beginning of quarantine for a few weeks, if I recall. Yeah, like them and Courtney Arquette, Courtney Cox and David Arquette. How you, how you do exes. Yeah, they're cool. I have a question. What does yes. Charlie do? He runs a sex trafficking. He's Jeffrey Epstein. Hello, angels. He outsources. He outsources problems he finds. And me then, is, like, is, but that's is, my worst nightmare to have a boss that calls you at any time in the it's, middle of the night. Hi, angels. <laughs> Some yeah, weird old like, Charlie, man. Uh, that's my worst nightmare. I think that Demi is Ghislaine. It should be Ben Stiller and Winona Ryder. Yeah, Ben Stiller with gray hair would actually be fucking oh, great yeah. for that I part. think he can do it. Okay, so Charlie is Epstein. He's running the Angels firm is really just like his ranch or his island, I mean. Okay, so that means that technically, that means that Rockwell in the first movie is actually the hero because he's trying to take down the ring. Right. But he yeah. gets too close. Right, because yeah, Charlie like killed, he thinks Charlie killed his father or something. Yeah, but really it's probably like, you know you sex traffic my mother. And I think in the new, okay, in the new new ones to deal with like the rotating Bosley problem is that they make it so like Bosley is almost like a watcher over yeah that's the vibe angels. i was getting yeah. yeah and i think that's cool i think that works and you can be like a male or a female so if you're Bosley born now. into the bosley family you must yeah it's angel. almost sure. like if you're an angel then you can like ascend to be a bosley now i think that demi moore's plot line of like why she's a rogue angel is like i don't totally understand why well, she it's wants like to you be can't bad. have the first scene be the introduction and then the second scene an hour and a half later be the turn of her character yeah i honestly you also kind of know scene. well yeah for sure she looked great. Like her oh, hair yeah, was sure. so amazing. Like I was like, how, why my hair not that way? Yeah. Why my hair not that way? I was like, why my hair not do this? <laughs> I was like, my hair is long and brown. That's all I could, why that's all I like could think. <laughs> Watching Shia LaBeouf in this movie, I say, why my hair not do this? <laughs> And then I said, oh, wait, my hair does do this, actually. Yeah, it's like Louis Stevens was just like in this movie. And I was like, no, okay. Yeah. My hair, I want... <laughs> I, want <laughs> I want Crispin Glover's hair, but I have Shia LaBeouf hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wait, love the, the Crispin moment. Glover's entire character is just sniffing women's hair and coming. And then he kisses <laughs> Drew Barrymore at the end and they seem to have a moment of genuine connection and then he gets shot. I was and so then confused Justin Throw kills him and says, may I interrupt? What are you doing here with Sorry, me, girl? Sorry, Crispin. Well, the only one who's going to be smelling her hair and coming is going to be me. Another, I think my favorite cameo in the movie is Eric Bogosian as a dead body. 
I mean, that was great. Yeah. Eric Bogosian just plays a dead body. Robert Forster shows up. There were so many actors from Tarantino movies in the late 90s that you thought were going to have good careers after he gave my comeback that were yep. just like, really? This is it? Okay. Um, also, Melissa McCarthy was in this yes. for like one second, too. Yep. Yes. That was a shock. I was like, that oh. one I did oh, notice. Here's one that I couldn't tell if it was him. Is Jason Patrick one of the guys that, that, that Demi Moore calls? When she's getting all the people together. I thought it was. I thought it was too. Let's a lot of my notes are just people's names and then five question marks after their name. Yeah, I couldn't believe who kept showing up. The yeah. Olsen twins. I don't know. I just like, it excited me so much. I was so happy to see them. Who was like, the other? They like, in that more. It's so oh, exciting. That was the one. Oh yeah. And Pink, of course, does the song and shows up. That's yeah. right. Facilitates. That there whole, are no rules. That whole subplot of the movie felt a little like the fast franchise influencing any kind of like, room room motorcycle and I'm pretty bored at. Yeah. Like let's objectify the them. Though, it's like the, I like the, the whole movie changes. is like so hard to follow because every scene is like a completely different set, completely different costumes with something completely different happening. The, so it's like yeah. the hot dog on a stick movie, costume. You can't follow the plot like because yeah. it's like everything's so different. I don't think you need but that to. also distracts like, you. Now there's like, strippers. What? Like don't forget the scene where there's strippers or like yeah. burlesque yeah. dancers. Dolls? Yeah. 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 The pussycat. Uh, like, that's a big G said. All right, this is my favorite. You guys are gonna go. It's like we gotta get her surfing. We gotta get them stripping we yeah. gotta get them i'm not i'm and then not when they sneak in like into that like statue thing it's like you're gonna be naked mm-hmm. yeah why are was they naked in the statue where i was like whoa but what was the point of them being naked in that i think I yeah i don't know but i the scenes that i thought were so funny was when they're less. dressed up as men like it's really funny when they're dressed as men but they're never yeah. gonna give them that much screen time doing that because they don't look hot but it's like mm-hmm. yeah they, they had like a stiffy meter on set they were like if the stiffy meter oh God, starts to right. like go down they're like mm. No, no, no. That was like their yeah. version of like a test audience thing. It reminded me of Bedazzled, the Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth <laughs> Hurley one, where it's like the whole plot is to get Elizabeth Hurley into different outfits. Like that's how the script was yep. like clearly arranged. And like that's the way yeah. this movie was also developed. Maybe her yep. titties have snake around it for this scene. Wait, also John August was a screenwriter. <laughs> I was so of shocked. Of course, John August. Who? Yeah, John August is just like one of the biggest screenwriters of this area. Yeah, but I just didn't know this movie. Well, like, he did write it? the first one, so I don't know if he just has like a story credit on this one. He wrote okay. Go. He no, wrote he, Big oh. Fish. He had a story uh, credit and screenwriting credit. Okay, so there project. you go. I thought it said Cormac McCarthy in the beginning as a writer. Me too. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> Can you imagine a Cormac McCarthy, Charlie's Angels, and He's how like, fuck fucking bleak that would be? Uh, they would definitely oh all be dead God. by the end. <laughs> You're totally right. And I also just a lot of use of Prodigy in this movie. Yeah. Smack my bitch up and Firestarter. Hell yeah. Well, um, Firestarter plays. Do you think that that's like a reference to Drew Barrymore? Because Firestarter does play when it's a Drew montage and i think that it's like i think but also then they do end up lighting them on fire yeah i think that was probably more mcg's thinking was like there's fire in this i was like damn fire starter (laughs) does slap (laughs) no i I think mcg was just like fire fire starter we think maybe audience connect the dots yeah Yeah, mcg is like very i heard an interview with him recently on the oc podcast and he is very childish like there's something very kind of yeah i don't don't think he yeah yeah, he really he kind of just turned away from action big action studio movies after 
his whole Terminator fiasco where he tried to make a gritty. It was weird that he wanted to make a gritty, boring Terminator movie. Yeah, it's like, that's not your thing. That's yeah, this is not you're not Nolan. You can't do this. He got bail and then he ended up almost getting a cinematographer killed because of it. Think about Justin Thoreau's like simple plan, like outfit and haircut. That was so interesting. <laughs> he just got like the spike and like the, like what a choice. Like, they kicked me out of Good Charlotte and now I want my rings. Oh my God, it does look like that. Holy shit, man. And that's what I was thinking about because Cameron oh Diaz God. is married to Benji yeah, Matt right, Good Charlotte. Yeah fucking culture i could have been an edema i was thinking about about how cameron diaz has like retired from acting now and i was like she definitely like went through it you know she was an actress in like the hardest time oh typically she's like an actress that i give like mvp to and a lot of like kudos to just in this movie i don't think it's her i think that mcg's almost like do that thing that i like (laughs) it just feels a little Show your pussy, but in PG-13 pussy way. You know what I mean? So don't show your pussy. Like she's always just like grinning in these films. Very well done. Very impressive, really. You've got it all figured out. And now I'm going to really enjoy knocking those halos right off your heads. But you're an angel. No, you just don't get it. I don't take orders from a speaker box anymore. I work for myself. Well, your boss sucks. Ah, <laughs> the angel's ass kicking pose. I have to admit, seeing the three of you like that does give me this little twinge of nostalgia for the old days. But back then, it was a little bit different. You see, when I was an angel, we used guns. A lot of the reviews for this, I actually feel like the critics really just kind of did nail it for what it was. And there obviously was like a lot of really negative reviews, but a lot of people just being like, I mean, it is what it is. But it has a 42%. Glenn Kenny Premier did give it its worst review. He said, if you want to see what 125 million worth of nothing looks like, Charlie's Angels full throttle is the picture for you. As for me, watching this overripe, ignorant parading of Hollywood privilege and hubris put me in mind of a different song, Neil Young's Revolution Blues, specifically the bit about Laurel Canyon being filled with famous stars. I don't know. I just song. fucking, Come, I get right. it. You're smart. Let me tell you how stupid this movie and how fucking smart I am. Michael Straga of Baltimore Sun said, isn't a full-bodied comedy and it isn't a bona fide action movie either. It just makes a facetious spectacle of itself. Washington Post said, that sense of fun is jackhammered into our skulls. The tongue that was so firmly <laughs> in cheek last time has punctured through muscle and bone. You <laughs> said, said there are so many times you can see a slow motion kickboxing scene or a your sail off a skyscraper before you want to spend a nice cozy evening with the Dead Sea Scrolls. All right. I want to be Dead Sea Scrolls. Elvis Mitchell said Charlie's Angels full throttle is like eating a bowl of honeycomb drenched in Red Bull, a dizzying mouthful of unabashed <laughs> silliness that leads to an equally precipitous crash once the buzz wears off after the film's first hour. Um, like the sour skittles from yeah definitely like, this is definitely like. like surge energy drink yeah in movie yeah. Mix, yeah. Filmmaking. yeah in a good um, way right yeah peter like- vulture said so relentlessly giddy and hyperactive that it doesn't really need a movie review it needs a prescription that's fine too yeah <laughs> yeah that's I- fine michael of san francisco chronicle said clearly this is something rare a movie that it insulates itself against its own rottenness by being lousy by design it worked once but the novelty factor is gone 
the cheese is still there, but this time it's overlaid with the cynical sense that the only reason the movie exists is because the first one made so much money. Yeah, that's why a lot of movies exist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were going to make a third one, but they never did. But I remember yeah, this one like, didn't do well. What well, do you a, name it after full throttle? Like, this well, there was like a throttle. there was a Futurama episode that Lucy Liu guest stars throttle. on, if I recall, and they're doing like a they're saying that there's a Charlie's Angels three and it's called like chase for like the temple of gold or something like that. It's something to do with like chasing gold or like fool's gold or something. And it's like making fun of like the idea of like okay. an even more ridiculous third movie, but like Lucy Liu's actually like- They're chasing me rings. I got ringworm. Um. Oh God. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even talk about the rings, but I the witness- Who gives a fuck about the rings? <laughs> the movie yet. No <laughs> one MacGuffins. cares about the rings. We've got two MacGuffins. Like, like Give this us the movie rings, makes I... Infinity Stone seem- Genius. <laughs> yes. Okay, um, but wait. When they do, my ancestors came to this country on a boat. No, we don't want any rings. <laughs> when Drew Barrymore is like, I can tell from this footprint that they have um, an injured ligament that has been repaired in the last six months. <laughs> I love yeah, Drew like, Barrymore. What? Yeah, she's yeah. Um, yeah. MVP. I know you said Crispin. You said Crispy Glover. Yeah, Crispin Glover and Carrie Fisher, that scene of them together just like stood out to me and I wanted more of that. I liked him coming back for a haircut. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) He had no lines, like... He's great. No, he didn't have any lines. I want to go full girl power and um, give it to another male from this um, woman woman led feature. <laughs> I'm gonna give it to Mr. Justin Thoreau. I think we all know that. He's really like fun here. When Justin, that's why Justin Thoreau is so great because he's such a fucking great, brooding, intense, emotional actor. When he wants to be like on the leftovers, you're like, holy shit, how can he do this week after week? Every episode, he has to do something where you're like, how did you pull this out of you? And he does like and drive he does these great movies yeah and then he does this in wanderlust and you're just like this guy is so fucking funny and has such a good sense of humor about himself yeah wait is he yours too yeah I think Justin oh shit I so Justin. I did I did guess out loud this week when I was uh hanging out with Ben that you were gonna give it to Demi because she stacked her plates and was nice to you <laughs> I mean I loved Demi listen I was like, you know you I love Demi she you looks fucking, fucking great she always deserves better her hair better. is my runner-up for MVP her yeah. voice for me she has like that voice that really it's just she has a sexy sexy everything voice. about yeah. her Wait, this is I when mean, she was dating Ashton Kutcher right yeah. Was this right at the beginning of it? Yeah. Yeah, I think wow. she was yeah. having a moment where everyone's like, she old, but she hot. What? <laughs> she, she old, I know, but her no, hair now looks it's so like, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you do this with your body, your hair, because you're such a lady. <laughs> you should look like dog 30, shit, but you, you look, look good. good. <laughs> we were going to put you down, but we're going to keep you alive, actually. A little longer. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even know what character you're doing. <laughs> That's just the head of Hollywood. He just runs all of these. Said, oh, okay, we were going to take you out back, shoot you, but I don't know. Maybe. It's kind of close to Hollywood Hank to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, final rating i think this movie is a beautiful train wreck i Me love too. what a train wreck it is i i, I would just, say that as well it was literally it felt like it was a train that was it felt like a train that, throughout the film you want to get off this train but you come and stay on <laughs> maybe you stay on a little longer okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, what a gleeful episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we're all uni- unanimous on Trainwreck? Yeah. Trainwreck. It's nice to have a masterpiece in a Trainwreck in one episode. I know. I know. You gotta, you know what? Fuck yeah. Because I think that, I think, did we give Meet Joe Black bad and boring? Yeah. I, I think Joe I Black. gave it that, but you guys liked it a bit more than I did. No, no, we didn't. I might have 
I think Maybe I was like, I felt like I was being a bit of a hater, but I think it was because I had like it just took me so long to get it through get through it. I just like yeah. I cooked a meal, I took a bath, like I just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so many things happened in the course of me watching this film. <laughs> Next week we got some good we got some but wait, I'm oh but just but, you wait. I need but to just tell the you audience shut the fuck up <laughs> for a second. But if they want to catch up with these pop fe- feminism throwbacks, Josie is streaming on stars, but you'll have to cough up some cash to watch Charlie's Angels full throttle. Yes. Just do it. Who fucking cares? I had to rent it on doing? my roommate's Apple TV app. Like, then I had to Venmo him. I would, there were so many steps. I would get finger to both of these movies. Well, you heard it here. I would first. get, for sure, I would full throttle do some fingering to full throttle, for sure. Yeah. I would really, you know what? I might get a little too amped up, though, for it. I might yeah, like, like it whoa, um, can I stick my fingers in your pussy, please? <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like you to watch. Why have I just heard you say that in that voice? <laughs> <laughs> I want to make your friends watch me finger your wow, pot of gold. I just didn't know um, we have the off-brand Irish Adam Brody here for so long. But I know. Uh, so I so can't good. wait to get cast in a movie as an Irish person so that I can channel Justin Theroux in this movie. They're like, you want to meet with a dialect coach? No. I'm going to watch Charlie's Angels full throttle. I think I got this, though. Yeah, like how Jared Leto watched the Mario film. Exactly. But yeah, next week, we're going to be back with the boys. Yeah. This is I got a little bit of boys, boys next this week. This boys time next week. A little boys time. Um, we're going to be watching um, two Jack Black comedies from this era, pre-School of Rock, when he was doing yeah. supporting parts. So we're going to be talking about, speaking of the OC, we're going to be talking about oh. Orange County, which you can stream on HBO Max. And you can also stream our other film, Saving Silverman, starring Mr. Jason Biggs. Round of applause. No? Okay, we don't even round of applause. Woo! Also, um, I'm a talk show host guy now. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, no, that is his attitude. He's like very winning. He subs in for um, Wendy Williams at hot mess he'll sub in for her sometimes and i'll watch it at the gym he's alarmingly good at that like he's i, I saw a very him, like, nice guy <laughs> yeah he seems so nice he like just like ate like whatever new kfc thing that they have and did it with enthusiasm like he's like kind you of you just want me to fuck a pie on the air i'll do it yeah who care. cares who cares we might have galene maxwell on <laughs> i would love to it's get gonna be galene a grab bag here. next week <laughs> i would love to hear galene's thoughts on saving silverman her favorite movie is like a movie that like we all love and it'll just taint it oh i know no i bet it's too serious i bet it's too serious i bet her favorite movie is like the shipping news with kevin spacey or something you know it's like something like yeah Yeah. she's like you know what i keep it classic yeah 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 wait how can people find you if they want to find your artwork by the buffy shirt that you made and some other yeah it's just uh you can follow me on instagram it's just my name at ella tolkien talking without the g anyway Anyway, but seriously, yeah, please follow, follow Ella. Her and art is amazing. I always like it, like heart it before I'm even able to like register who made it. I'm always like, oh, this is dope. Oh, I like yeah. her. Yes. Write a review. So tell okay, wait, my dads. dad has listened to every single episode. He is a Whoa. huge fan of this podcast. <laughs> Mr. Oh, wow. Talking. Thank wow. you, Mr. Yeah. Talking. I'm so sorry how much we say come. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, please rate and review us on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Tell um, us your favorite Charlie O'Connell performance. If you have access to any of 
my wish list. It's Christmas. Send me something. Send her the DVD copy of Charlie O'Connell's season of The Bachelor. <laughs> please. Um, it is not available on DVD. It's not available Ugh. on stream anywhere. I had to have the files emailed to me, but that's not scary. <laughs> wow. I, I had to really? do a bit of hacking oh, <laughs> on the World Wide Web. I'm falling um, in love. I don't know what's happening. Um, <laughs> Reach okay. out to me if you want to know more. Ella will send you a virus riddled hard drive <laughs> with Charlie O'Connell's season of The Bachelor on it. When you order a t-shirt from Ella's website, you will get a complimentary episode of Charlie O'Connell's <laughs> season of The Bachelor. You know what um, I need to make a t-shirt of? Charlie what? O'Connell. That's what oh you God. fucking Not do. Not before it's you do be- du jour means seatbelts. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yeah.